listening to the Jesco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbright. This is that podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the United States. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. All right. I'm here for the bikes. Got a smile on. <laughs> it's uh, It finally is not freezing and the sun came out today. Well, well, technically, I think it's still below freezing. It just feels like it's not freezing because 20 degrees feels really good. Right. When the sun's out. Right. Sun's uh, out, gun's out. <laughs> I just saw somebody outside uh, with short sleeves on, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that looks all right. Yeah, you got the wife beaters out and stuff like that, and you got uh, people skateboarding around. Well, maybe not yet. Yeah. Uh, I think we've had a harsh winter here in Iowa. Uh, People are a little bit demoralized unless you're out on a fat bike. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to World of Bikes the other night, and they had this great adventure biking clinic. Um, Now, it wasn't fat biking or winter biking specific. It was more uh, bike packing, how to throw your tent and all your belongings on your bike and go out someplace camp and then come um, back overnight. Uh, World of Bikes has kind of an adventure series where they're going to be taking people out camping. Hmm. And uh, the first one, I think, is scheduled sometime in May. And it's later in the year, so it's a little ways off. you got time. And they're only going like 25 miles out. And then gotcha. uh, find a place to camp at uh, Hills or something like that. And then uh, back the next day. So it sounds fun. Yeah. Anything outdoors sounds fun. <laughs> I, yeah, Jennifer's not a camper. She's not a tent camper at all. And and uh, and I've I've I'm a little softer there. I don't want to I don't want to sleep on the ground anymore. But it still is pretty intriguing. Sure. No, yeah. No. Sounds fun. Sounds yeah. fun. You know, I, I think we look for creative ways to get outdoors as as Iowans. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, my idea of getting outdoors is not like shoveling the driveway. That's not a good <laughs> adventure of being outdoors. No. Uh, then on the other hand, I don't think I'm going to go, you know, take a pack of sled dogs across the Yukon uh, sure. uh, of Iowa or anything like that. So, so you know, you got to find those adventures somewhere in between. Sure. I think our our friend Steve Cannon, who uh, was on sure. this podcast uh, many episodes ago, uh, starting his Adidarod race. I think mm-hmm. I saw his bike loaded up and picture on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, packing packing the bike back um, back at it. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I remember talking to Steve right, well, maybe a week or two afterwards, and he was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to go there again. Eh. Yeah. Didn't take long for those that pain <laughs> to wear off, and he's right back at it. So, yeah. so no, we wish him all the best. Um, yeah. Just an, an incredible feat that he did last year. This year, you just multiply that by, I don't know what the, what it is, three times of what he did last year. Yeah, so amazing. It's not. It's not for the the regular human. No, no, no. You got to have some drive, and you got to have the ability to have a lot of alone time along that route yeah. too. You know, yeah. in the cold. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know how you prepare for that. Dig a hole and to camp. I mean, come <laughs> on. Yeah, you don't like that outdoor camping, Mark. I'm guessing Ooh. you're not going to like that one too much Ooh. in the middle yeah. of the Yukon. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, oh well, oh well. You can snuggle up with a polar bear or, you know, some kind of wolf <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, at, at that point, it would be kind of like, eh, I think I'll, I'll succumb to the animal attack over, like, you know, another night mm-hmm. in the in the hole in the dug in the ice. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. 
No thanks. No thanks. No thanks. So I'm guessing we're we're closing in on spring technically. I mean, what is it? It's kind of February. We're past past Mardi Gras already, I believe. We had state wrestling. State wrestling is come and gone. We've got new uh-huh. champs. We've got state basketball coming up. I, yeah. I can say, you know, my, my kids' teams are, are in there. we got the North Polk no High kidding. School girls' team that's in there. My, my daughter is a cheerleader on the North Polk. She's a freshman, and she's a varsity cheerleader. Whoa. And so we'll be over at the big building watching uh, the North Polk Comets. Nice. And, and cheering them on, and uh, we can't wait for that. But, uh, you know, high school basketball traditionally used to be the week of the snowstorm, if I recall. Uh-huh. At least I've heard that. I yeah, don't know yeah, if yeah. that any any truth to the rumor. It, it sound, happens. It happens. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So this this year, I think they said record snowfall. Yeah, uh, February or, was a record. F- record for February. Not well, at least for the whole some, winter. Yet. Some sort of record. But we are close. I think Iowa City, we were... 16 inches away, and we got snow happening next week. Oh. So it could more, be there. More fun. All right. And more fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, what the heck? Bring it on. Let's go. <laughs> let's get that record, you know? I mean, let's not just get close to the record. Let's smash the record. Um, but it, it is fun when you start throwing out numbers like that, when you're right. when you're measuring things in feet, not inches. And, yeah, amazing. Uh, yeah. And you're, you know, you're looking for, you know, a bike rack for your, your bike, and you can just... You have to really think about you. You lean your bike against the snowdrift, and, right. it, and it's higher than your bicycle. Or when you punch the front tire into the snowdrift, so it stays standing up. You yeah. know, yeah, burr style. Yeah, but sometimes it bounces off how hard the snowdrift is because <laughs> it's been there for weeks. It's not like a fresh snowdrift. Yeah. So yeah, burr style is is that fresh snow that you can just kind of wedge yeah. your tires in yeah. and becomes an instant bike rack. So we do have creative bike racks. Corn corn bike racks are, are one way on, on rag bride, sure. but the snowdrift bike racks another another fine fine example of, of using that ingenuity uh-huh. here in Iowa. Cool. So have you been out on your fat bike lately, Mark? Not very much. Um, I travel has got me in just weird spots. So we you know we went to Mexico, we got stayed over a day there. Um, I've been to Des Moines twice once each in the past two weeks and gotten snowed in and had to stay an extra day uh so time hasn't been on my side uh mm. hoping this weekend we get some time out and what's what's that catchphrase k k uh what uh porque no porque no <laughs> why not yeah. yeah so yeah so that that goes over well with just about everything yeah. since your mexico trip yeah so you're back we, we did bacon fest got that one out checked off yep. we got we got high school wrestling checked off just seems like a, a lot of fun stuff. I mean, we keep ourselves busy in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, now is the time. I'm just starting to hear people say, "Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not a big fan of the trainer, but I think I'm going to start using the trainer because my, sometimes you can kind of get out about this time on a road bike, but not even close to that, that mark yet. You know, I know, and bike shop people have told me this before, but now is the time of year where people start shopping for that bike. I know uh, Bike World sure. just had their warehouse sale. Um, so I think people are starting to kick the tires and saying, why don't I buy this now, get it ready, mm-hmm. and then that first warm day, I'm ready to go. Yeah. It's a, it's a good game plan. Yeah. And, um, you know, I walked by my bike the other day, my road bike, and um, said, hmm, looks kind of good. If we were smart, we'd take them to the shop and get them tuned up right now, yeah. wouldn't we? Yeah. Because they could sit there for a week or so. We'd be good. 
bike comes back ready to go. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I tend to not do that. Yeah. I know I know I should. I just don't execute. Or there's some people that wait till the second day on rag ride before they get their bike <laughs> looked at. And it's like this thing's making a lot of noise. And, and Craig uh, Cooper at bikes to you. Can you take a look at this? I don't yeah, think it's working right. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something a little wrong with my bike. But <laughs> but we see that all the time. We wait till the last minute and Yes, now is the time to get that bike in. Sure. And, and sure, the grease may, may freeze. No, I don't think grease freezes. So, uh, I mean, just there, there's nothing that, that you can't do to your bike right now. You know, you're you're not pumping up tires or anything like that when it's freezing out. But Some are, but some, yeah. Some, yeah. So yeah. get that, you know, it's going to get 50 degrees one of these days. Sure. And it's going to be like, you know, people just going ballistic. Yeah, you're right. That, that, that one day that we get that it's actually super nice out that you don't have to you know wear a parka outside right right Ooh, yeah can't wait for that day <laughs> but you kind of said mark st patrick's day is that kind of breaking point where yeah. you know it's downhill from there yeah that's usually when the winter starts to break you know you it, there's probably snow on the ground but things are melting mm-hmm. rapidly you may switch from a, your heavy parka to a light jacket after st patrick's yeah. day I mean that middle of March. That's when that's when things start to tip to the warm. You know, I I remember most of my early bike rides because what I'll do is I'll ride something like you know a good twenty miler and I'll pull in and watch a little of the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's usually right around that time, yeah, March the Venice. end of <laughs> end of March. And you know what a what a great way to break up the day. You know, maybe you have a cold one. Yeah. Sit down, watch watch a handful of minutes of of basketball during, during the tourney. And, um, you know, and then get back on the bike and knock off another 15, 20. You know, now that I'm, I, I don't want to be branded an optimist also, because after St. Patrick's Day, when it warms up enough, it probably means it's going to rain until about bike to work day, which is May sure. 15th. So, you know, then we got two months of monsoons. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, when all this stuff melts, it's going to become a, you know, a, a flowing river somewhere. Sure. Ho- hopefully it'll be downstream, but, <laughs> but I'm assuming that we'll get the stuff that's north of us that that's kind of how the cycle goes around here. Yeah. It's the, that's the fear of having such a big winter is that it's got to melt and are we going to get the flooding in the spring and, you know, the trail's going to be underwater and that sort of stuff. All, so all that. Not yeah. good. Not yeah. Good. So. But, We'll see, see how happens. it goes. Yeah, we'll see how we it goes. We don't know it's over there. Yeah. That's why we probably don't plan bike rides in the springtime in in the state of Iowa. I'm right. guessing there's not too many of them because they might get snowed out. They might right. get you know slushed out or iceberged out or, yeah. or whatever. So You yeah. know, I, I talked with Evan uh, from uh, Denison, our friends over oh, there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Manila Madness is the May 4th. A fifth. Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Beginning first weekend of May. Sigo de Mayo. And he want, he invited me out again. I said, well, I'll put it on my calendar. That means I got to go. Uh, you haven't been to this ride yet. Are no. You, you, we're going to have to look at this. So one. so May 5th, I'm going to the Big Apple. Oh, you are? What I'm are you doing the Big up a- there? I'm going to the Big Apple. I'm going to go ride the Five Burrows ride. Oh boy, you so, got that one done. So huh? so I I've got it on the the checklist. You know, okay. I'm not going to call it a bucket list. The only bucket list I check off is like, okay, let's see what kind of what kind of beverages are in that bucket. <laughs> <laughs> That's my bucket list. But um no, it, it you know, it's been one of those things like for for probably about 15 years I've been yeah, mm-hmm. if it works out, it works out. And our buddies over at Primal were talking to me and they were twisting my arm and I just finally <laughs> broke down and said, "All right, 
all right, I'll meet you over there. So um gonna gonna go into the Big Apple, check out the bike expo over there. They've got yes. one of the one of the largest bike expos, one of the one yeah. of the top consumer shows anywhere. Uh-huh. Um but just just kinda walk around, see some of our, our, our good buddies over there, ride a little bit and just get back. But um Cool. You know, we like to have fun too. It's not all work around here. Is it first bar on the left sort of ride? Uh, I think so. Okay. I think so. When you're riding with those guys, safety oh, third is their motto. Safety third. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Tim Baker, Dave Edwards, um, all, all the gang over at Primal, they have such such a great outlook on life. I know yeah. they're one of our sponsors here, but they're also our friends. Yeah. And they make fine, fine bike attire. Cool. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that. That just just popped up in the last couple of days that I said, you know what? It's time. You betcha. Yeah. So that's that happens to be the Cinco de Mayo weekend. All right. Well, then I'll go to Denison's solo. Yes. And have a good time. I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, report vice back. Vice versa. We will report back. We're going to get a ride report after this. This yeah. is going to be fun. Yeah. That That is probably, you know, there's a lot of people that claim they're the largest whatever. I think Bike New York legitimately has... 30,000 plus people. So they're, wow. they're, they're at that ragbri scope of numbers of, of cyclists wow. out there. Yeah. It's, cool. it's a, it's a big, massive one day ride. Right. 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 And they shut down bridges and all that on, on Sunday. So, um, should be a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool so what cool. else going on? You, you've got a, a jacket on, no tie. So I'm guessing oh. you're not quite at the, at the Capitol today. No, I was at a business network leaders luncheon. Um, yeah. So, so which are you? Are you business? Are you leaders? Or are you network? Or what? Um, I was or the, are you serving lunch? I was the guest speaker. I, oh. You know, they this this group was really cool. It's kind of like a Rotary Breakfast Club sort of, yeah. you know, group. And, and so they have guest speakers come in. And I looked, they had a really great lineup of speakers right up until today. And then they had me. They had you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I talked about bicycling and what we do and, you know, what the kind of the landscape of bicycling is in Iowa. And so that was fun and, and met some new people and that was that's pretty cool. I, I always chuckle whenever I, I speak at Rotary and I'm like, So, uh, you know, who spoke last week? Yeah, Senator Chuck Grassley spoke last week. Who's, who's speaking next week? Uh, Governor Reynolds is speaking. I'm like, and you got me in between. Like, wow, you're really, uh, you know, the, the bell curve up upside down there, isn't it? So uh, it, it is always kind of funny, though, the the speaking circuit. And I guess occasionally they feel bad when they want to put sure. someone in the, in the bike industry in there. So they get Mark or, or TJ or, or someone else that, that understands the bike business. Yeah. Apparently Ranch Girl wasn't available. No, no, no? apparently not. No. <laughs> that That's uh, too bad. So everyone loves Ranch. I think Iowa loves did, loves Ranch. Did you see that story about that? I don't know much about it. Just okay. glimpsed it. So Jennifer went to the Kirsten Gildebrand event at the mm-hmm. airliner, and and Senator Gildebrand's starting to speak, and this young woman pops through right in front of her and looks at her and says, "I'm sorry, I'm just here to get some ranch <laughs> <laughs> and get her stuff and go." So. It's going to interrupt the caucus for ranch. Uh, uh, she has now got a year's supply of ranch from the uh, um, airliner, uh, a T-shirt, and uh, she changed her Twitter name to Ranch Girl. Ranch Girl. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. I didn't know the background of it, but I, I knew it was some kind of ranch interruption. So, <laughs> But, uh, you know, ranch is kind of one of the one of the official things of Iowa. Oh, I yeah. Believe. It's a staple. So, yeah. It's like ketchup. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like bush light, ranch dressing, and... <laughs> 
I don't know. That's the favorite yeah. Halloween candy. So. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> so you got those things. Hey, what else do you need in life? Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, so I do. Um, speaking of ranch and, and bush light, um, I want to mention our, our friend Pumpkin. Um, <laughs> That's very, a segue to Pumpkin. Very okay. disappointed again. Um, oh you no! Know, we were rooting hard for them to unseat the champions in the bacon eating contest. Oh. You might know Pumpkin from Hot Butter Love. Uh, he's been on the <laughs> podcast a few times, but Pumpkin, who's who's shucking corn on on Ragbri, pretty good bacon eater, got beat out by a bunch of. 13-year-olds? I, I didn't watch it. I don't know what the scoop is. I was there. I was there live, <laughs> cheering. And and it's kind of like, you know what? It, it was, I figured there's no way that, that these big burly guys are going to lose to yeah. these 13, 14-year-old you know, kids. Yeah. And they just stepped up to the plate. It was like Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson just... Just I was like, there's no way that they're going to pull this upset again. Who was their professional leader, Molly? That young, young thin woman. No, th- this this was just a group of guys that looked kind of like um, I don't know, looked like they'd be playing like I don't know, Pokemon or something. Or I mean, not yeah. not your athletic guys. They looked like they they played bass in a punk rock band like in the '80s. That's the kind of look <laughs> they had. So so like Kobayashi from the Nathan's Hot Dog yeah. Contest. Yeah, you know, skinny guy. You wouldn't expect them. Yeah. Just ruled it, yeah. Now, I, I will tell you this. I mean, there's got to be some rules in bacon eating because the one dude that finished <laughs> off probably had like 14 pounds of bacon in his jaws. Oh. And they counted it. And I'm like, well, that ain't fair. Because, <laughs> you know, you could pack a lot of bacon. And then I basically. Throw it on the floor and it would be the same. Well, you got to finish it. And they All were right. chanting like for the guy to, you know. For, for the reverse, eat it, but it, it didn't happen, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully, it didn't happen. So there, there there needs to be some rules involved. But, I mean, they, these kids, they were smart. They understood how to, how to win in the bacon eating contest. Okay. So It's the reality TV generation. They know how to play the game. That's right. All right. I yep, yep. You got it. So, and same thing with our pie eating contest of our – you know, our register team has gone up against, you know, right. the, the public radio group and they got, they lost their crown this last right. year. So they've got to study and get better, mm-hmm. train, work hard, outplay, outwit, outlast, all that, <laughs> all that kind of stuff, because there's just no way we're going to put up with that. Bunch no. of, bunch of DC radio jocks <laughs> beating up on our, our reg by reporters. That no, can't happen. No, that can't happen. That cannot happen. No so, way. So we'll get we'll make sure we get that crown back. All right, all right. There it is. Well, good. Anything else to talk about? I know we got a interview. Uh, Kathy Murphy talked to one of our friends, Jeff Birchfield. Oh my God, are we going to have to balance the sound on the <laughs> podcast? I mean, we know this is audio, right? Yeah. Can Can you picture Jeff just sitting down for for like a half hour interview without without bouncing out of his seat? Jeff Jeff is a principal. Uh, he's a, a teacher and principal, and uh, he has voice projection like you wouldn't believe. A- A-L, not L-E, right? Principal. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, boy, it just can be louder than loud, and he knows it. He, yeah. he, he'll, he'll know we make fun of him yeah. for that. Everybody yeah. does. So, well, you got to uh, yell at those kids a little bit, don't you? Or raise your voice. You do. You do. Project. Ge- project. Gentlemen. You know, yeah. down the hallway. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure it's a trade secret that he has that can make him that lo- that loud. But yeah, it's uh, no. We'll have to see how Murph does. And he's a he's a guy that really enjoys the bicycle. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I yeah, see Jeff. He lives it. The, one, of the, one of the colder days of the year, we were at the draft, and we're over at Confluence Brewing, mm-hmm. and, and, and Jeff's, you know, riding, you know, out from oh, yeah. Ankeny down to Confluence, and yeah. it, it had to be like five below or something yeah. like that. I'm like, dude, you, you, that's special, man. If we had an award, you'd get it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you... You take the cake, buddy. You know, I'm like, you, yeah. you deserve that cold one right there. Or uh, like, holy cow. And he's riding his bike. And that's the type of guy Jeff is. I mean, he yeah. really enjoys the bicycle. Uh, you know, you see him at so many different functions. I mean, of, of course, you see him on Ragbri and you see him all, all throughout other other functions. He's a really good bike ambassador. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm curious to hear what he – I didn't listen to the interview on purpose because I didn't <laughs> want to give away any secrets or anything like that. But but I heard Murph had a nice little sit-down with Jeff Birchfield. Well, good. And Let's, he's on Team Love Shack. If you're not familiar with Jeff, sometimes wears a little bucket hat at the at the route party with uh-huh. lots of patches on it. So uh-huh. if I'm painting a bad picture of Jeff, you might have heard him singing on stage occasionally. Josie's on a vacation far away. Yeah, she, she's that's on a his, vacation far away. That's his go-to song, I, I believe. I believe. Yeah. I wonder if he sings a few chords. Hmm. All right, well, we'll, well have to see. I guess we'll have to go. Let's, let's get to that interview with A.K. Murph and Jeff Birchfield. Just Go Bike podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here, and today I am with Jeff Birchfield. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Murph. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Well, listeners, I don't know that I recall exactly when or how I met Jeff, but he's sure somebody that I'm never going to forget. I don't know if (laughs) that's a compliment, Jeff. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Murph. But I can guarantee it had something to do with bicycles. Um, Jeff is a super high-energy individual that's always having more fun than anyone around him. (laughs) He he gets other people to have fun, and I think that's what, you know, maybe uh, how I got to know him and how I'm still friends with him. And It's just always a joy whenever you pop up wherever I see you. Well, thanks, Murph, and I feel the same about you. I don't know about necessarily uh, quite being as loud as I am, but uh, I don't know that I would wish that on anyone. It's both a blessing and a curse. I can honestly say that, but uh, but yeah, thanks. Yeah, well, I think uh, everyone's going to be entertained with our uh, podcast today, but I, I thought it would be cool to bring Jeff on to talk about his cycling adventures and some of the stuff that he does as far as um, biking, nonprofit, you know, raising funds for stuff. So I think that listeners will enjoy this, or at least you and I will, right, Jeff? And that's the key. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when we started doing bike rides up in the area here in Iowa Falls, where I live now, the uh, owner of the Spoken Wheel Cyclery, Tyler Dewitt, we have a great local bike shop, and he really put things into perspective because, you know, I have these grandiose ideas that we're going to put on this, Uh, first year event and we're going to have half of the buses or more that show up on RAGBRAI and all these teams are going to show up and uh, that's a bit delusional but uh, I am also a real optimistic type of person and anyway Tyler said hey when it comes right down to it what we need to do is we need to organize events that we ourselves are going to enjoy and if we ourselves are going to enjoy them then others that are around there um, for the events are going to enjoy it too. So 
uh, yes, Kathy, you and I are going to enjoy this today and hopefully a couple of <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, uh, Jeff, I know most, uh, I know that you're definitely part of the Hardin County uh, Recreational Trails, and you mentioned Iowa Falls briefly a little bit ago, and most recently you're a member of Team Love Shack, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But let's start out by, you know, tell us where you live, if it's Iowa Falls or the area around there, and what bicycling is like there. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. I've lived here in Iowa Falls for the past 15 years and have really gotten involved in the cycling community up here and have helped, I think, develop our cycling community here as well, at least be a part of it. We do have two organized rides a week. So even if um, I don't even get the bike out any other time, at least I can say on Saturday morning and on Tuesday afternoons and evenings, we have a scheduled ride taking place with a group of uh, other cycling enthusiasts that could range from one or two to half a dozen to as many as 50 or 60, depending nice. upon, you know, the time of year and the weather and that type of thing. Sure. And so we do a, we do a ride up here every Saturday morning. We call it the Rooster Ride, our local Greasy Spoon Cafe is called the Red Rooster, and that's right up my alley. So what we'll do is we'll meet, and I'm not a morning person, Kathy. I like to think that I have a certain amount of energy, but (laughs) I cannot profess to be a morning person. But I have sacrificed that to um, make this ride uh, a priority. So we'll meet at 6 o'clock in the morning, do a ride for about an hour on Saturday mornings, and then go to the Red Rooster for breakfast after that. And then likewise, every Tuesday night, and these are year-round rides, we will ride, uh, depending upon the time of year, we will change up whether we're riding on the road or on gravel or on snow and ice, or in some cases, even on the frozen Iowa River, which we have passing right through Iowa Falls, which makes things really, really interesting and fun. But yeah, we'll meet um, up on a Tuesday afternoon and evening as well. We'll ride over to Alden and uh, sometimes ride extra miles, depending upon the time of year and the weather and that type of thing. Uh, hang out at the west side in Alden, which is kind of our home away from home for our cycling crew, and uh, grab a bite to eat and hang out there for a while and then ride back on Tuesday night. And so we've got two, you know, organized rides per week. We've got a great local bike shop that I mentioned, Tyler Dewitt, the Spoken Wheel Cyclery, which really adds to the cycling community here. I'm a part of Team Love Shack, which is loosely based in this area. Uh, The team leader is Mike Teske from Eldora. At least that's where the bus is, which is only about 20 miles south of here. Uh, We'll do all kinds of rides, which I've already mentioned. Uh, Again, I'm part of that Hardin County Recreational Trails Committee with the idea here to develop, which we have a loop of trails here in Iowa Falls and looking to connect our community that's uh communities in, in hardin county as well that's our vision so and then we run our own organized rides and events throughout the year too again as fundraising endeavors for the hardin county recreational trails committee uh we just ran a fat bike race this past weekend up at mains grove it was originally intended to be part on the river 
Weather has a lot to do with whether or not those things can happen. And so money that we bring in for those kinds of events go to fund initiatives like the I Got Caught program. So super cool program that we do for the youth in our communities in Iowa Falls and Alden. We run it through the school and we run it through the uh, local police department and some local businesses as well. This is not an idea that was unique to us. In fact, we picked up this idea by going to the Iowa Bicycle Summit a few years back that is uh, put on by um, the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, among yep. other. Um, and so, but we tickets, we, we do a helmet giveaway for students in elementary through middle school that need a cycling helmet. And so we get those at cost through the spoken wheel and we tickets kiddos that we see riding their bikes in the community with their helmets on they take those tickets and those tickets are given out by school officials by trails committee members and also by local police officers so you can be ticketed by the local police department and have it be a good thing yeah and then they take those tickets to the princess grill here in town for free ice cream and then in addition to that the second half of that ticket goes into a drawing, and um, at three different schools during this initiative, at the end of it, they have the opportunity to win a pool party to the American, a, a pass to the Aquatic Center here in town, a pass to the Dale Howard Family Activity Center here in town, and a brand new bicycle from the Spoken Wheel Cyclery, which again, Tyler sets up for us that we can get through costs, but it's through these types of endeavors that we can make some funds and then again get some sponsorship by some other organizations to provide helmets and bicycles and other neat kind of things for this kind of program. And so that's at least a taste of what the Hardin County Recreational Trails Committee has been able to provide. And what did you say that program is called, I Got Caught? It's called I Got Caught. Nice. That is really, really cool. I think it would be a good thing, you know, if other communities would develop that because it'd be fun to just see kids out on the road like, look at me, look at me. I've got my helmet on. That's exactly right. I'm on my bike. And, you know, and and, and they're out there riding there. And it's it's the the right thing to do, you know, but it's a positive reinforcement type of thing, too. You know, those kiddos are going out there with their helmets and they're just hoping that someone sees them. You know, I'm the middle school principal here in in Iowa Falls, Mm -hmm. and we've run this through our um, middle school as well. And um, one of my staff members years ago, when we first got this initiative started, said, you know, you hope that some of the things that you do have a long lasting impact on people and on the community. And this is one of those things that might actually make a difference and could actually save a life. I and so that, that was a, a pretty neat little um, way to say, hey, I think maybe we're doing the right kind of thing here. Right. And on a side note, when you said that you were a principal, I immediately like straightened my back to make sure that I was sitting <laughs> properly, even though, you know, we're talking via phone, so you can't see me. But right away, I was like, oh, well, gosh, make sure I'm I proper. I sense that you raised your hand, and I do give you permission <laughs> to speak. And if you need further permission, let's just say I'll give you a note from the principal. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of kids and uh, school, how did you get into bicycling? And more importantly, what keeps you on the bike? Yeah, that's a great segue because some of my fondest memories from when I was growing up 
uh, actually in Panora, Iowa, Lake Panorama has the Raccoon River Valley Trail that yeah. rolls right through it. In fact, it rolls right through Birchfield Farmland. Oh. It was well before that trail was put in place when I was growing up there. But I remember after leaving um, when it, the groundwork was being done and it was just getting started. But uh, anyway, some of my fondest memories growing up were of my brother and I out on bikes. And just feeling like we could go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And we were out. We lived in the middle of a field, literally. Our closest neighbor was a mile away. Uh, Our closest pavement was a mile away. We lived on a gravel road up a 90-rod driveway. Oh, my gosh. So this is a little teaching moment here. 90 rods, okay? So as a farm, uh, as someone that grew up on a farm, I can tell you that the distance between fence posts is a rod so if you think of where those fence posts are set up in other words i lived up a driveway that was between a quarter and half a mile long wow and so i just remember riding up and down that lane with my brother getting to lake panorama with my brother and i also remember though doing some single track work on my, and I still remember, in fact, I still have my original bike. My brother kept a hold of it for me, and so now I still have it. It was a huffy, wild summer, bright orange with a banana seat on it. Nice. So, yeah, isn't that something? But the I miles. remember <laughs> the yeah. miles that that and bike I, has seen. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Because it has, it even had, I remember when we uh, upgraded and added a speedometer to it, man, Ooh. I really, really thought I had arrived. <laughs> but we did some single track work. Okay, so like I said, we um, grew up on a farm, and the single tracks that we had provided were from the cows. And so I remember going out and riding these cow paths that uh, these cows had stomped out for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we'd get out there, and we'd just ride and ride wherever the cows, and of course, every once in a while, we'd have a few hazards that we'd have to make sure we rode <laughs> right. around that the cows had dropped for us. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of a little bit of a background of how we got, we got around on bikes because we enjoyed it, because of necessity, a lot of gravel riding. Um, when I was in maybe late middle school, about the age of some of the kiddos in my um, building now, I took some of my money that I had earned from bean walking and bought my first ever road bike, mm. a Schwinn Latour 4 10-speed, which uh, I gave away when I moved from Denison, Iowa to Altoona mm. years and years ago, and I immediately resented myself right. for doing that. And uh, so I was able to replace it, and I now have the same model and size of bike that I originally bought years and years ago in the mid-1970s. So I still have my original Huffy and that vintage 1977, I think it is, uh, Schwinn Latour 4 in my stable of bikes right now. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah. But what keeps me on it? You know, I was a runner, too. When I left Well, I I guess after maybe high school, going on to college, uh, maybe midway through high school, my number one passion was running. Hmm. And I was a track and cross-country runner in high school, had the opportunity to uh, go on to a small college in 
uh, actually Graceland College in Lamona, Iowa, Southern Iowa, where I was able to run track and cross country there. And so I considered myself less of a cyclist and more of a runner at that time. And then after the several years, um, the cycling passion came back to me. Mm-hmm. And um, what keeps me on the bike now is just the enjoyment of it. Yeah. Again, I can say that it's truly a passion. We've got this, this great cycling community, so, so riding with friends is great. I can honestly say that that I ran competitively for so long that it was harder for me to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I ruptured my Achilles tendon years ago, and that actually helped me get back into running, even helped me enjoy it more because I didn't have to do it so much just competitively, oh, sure. but did it more just for. But I can say I ride thousands of miles a year, and I very rarely ever feel like I'm going out to workout that you have I don't to go right cycling a workout plan i consider cycling a release an opportunity to kind of clear my mind i don't ever consider consider it to work to, uh, as being um you know i've got to get a workout in mm-hmm. it's just i've got to get a ride in but not for the physical side of it even though i love it enjoy that but more for the enjoyment out of it there was a time that i had and i still have a trainer uh, i hardly ever ride indoors Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a treadmill i mean i have layers upon layers of clothes to (laughs) put on during the winter months to just get outside and continue to ride that way so i don't really what keeps me on the bike is is just that that love for it that passion and and the enjoyment of it awesome and, um, you know, you're probably like me, depending on the time of year, it will uh, determine what style of bike I ride. Like, you know, this time of year, I'm on my fat bike or something a little bit more sturdy, like a steel frame. Um, but what would you consider like your current riding style? Are you more fat bike, gravel bike? As of, yeah, as of right now, I don't even remember the last time I rode that wasn't on my fat bike. Oh, so wow. that's just in the season that I'm in right now. Yeah. Um, I have switched back and forth because it took a while for winter to catch up. Right. You know, there was a there was a time maybe in early January where I didn't think that we would even have any kind of issues with our school year and snow, mm-hmm. ice or anything like that. Doesn't take long for that to change, but at the time, you know, we really weren't getting that that crazy snow, winter weather, etc. Mm-hmm. And so I put the studded snow tires on my fat bike early and then took them off to because I didn't need them and then when I needed them um, put them back on Mm -hmm. and so but um, I haven't been on the frozen Iowa River yet this year but it's a rush when you can get on the river and experience a view that you have no other opportunity to see, you know, during that time of the year and ride up and down the frozen Iowa River and see the wildlife and and still feel as secure as you do on a road bike mm-hmm. on the uh, on the pavement. So but when it comes to, you know, what type of riding I do, I would have to answer yes. That's <laughs> the kind of riding I do. I mean, I have. 
I have a I have a um, a, a fat bike that I'm riding predominantly now. Uh, probably the last bike that I was on prior to that was my gravel bike, mm-hmm. and so I now have a um, a gravel bike in addition to the fat bike. What I found is that when you're riding in a group with a fat bike, you're working harder than anyone else that's not work riding on a fat bike. Mm-hmm. And I like that social side of cycling too, but I don't like it when I feel like people are waiting for me, even though Kathy, people like us, we're worth the wait. We know that, but still <laughs> you don't like Truth. people to feel like they're wait. you know? <laughs> and so either I'm working harder, they're slowing down or we're meeting up at the next milestone or whatever. And so I, I had to jump on the gravel bike, um, uh, as well. And so that was the last bike that I purchased as a matter of fact. And the last one that I, um, had ridden prior to getting on the fat bike. I also have a touring bike taken that on several tours. What that is really is it's a converted hybrid, but it's a steel frame mm-hmm. and I can load it up. There yep. was one year on Ragbri that I went fully self-contained on day one of Ragbri on Sunday, I went past the scale pulled off, got off the bike, everything loaded up, and then I got a little nervous because it registered at 160 pounds. Oh, my goodness. So I was riding, I was riding, yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I guess I don't pack lightly. Maybe <laughs> I'm not a minimalist in that regard. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to make sure. Yeah, so you I mean, literally, that bike you literally loaded had, up. I bet you literally it, it had more than kitchen, I did. You probably literally exactly. had the kitchen sink in there. Pretty much, pretty much, and two of them, as a matter of fact, oh and my two of them. Gosh, yeah, gosh. yeah. So, so I've got a touring bike, um, and then I have a road bike. So I've got a, a carbon fiber road bike when I want to just hammer and get a lot of miles in. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, that was one that I had to ha- have replaced uh, years ago after going on a nice ride on the Lakeshore Trail in Chicago. I parked my bike uh, right where I was told to park it and uh, locked it up, of course, and it was on the city streets of Chicago, mm. right near the hotel that we stayed at. And um, it, interestingly enough, it, it had survived the night just fine there. I took it out for a ride. It was there when we came back from the hotel and went to breakfast, and we got back from breakfast, it was gone. Oh. So. Yeah, yeah. So losing a bike is tough. Yeah, there's an emotional side. It is. To the bikes. So I did what the only thing I could think of to get back at whoever stole it from me, and that is I bought a nicer bike. (laughs) And so that's what I did. And so I replaced a what was at that time a Trek 1200C with a uh, Trek Madone. Nice. And so, it, yeah, and, and I would say this as if there's anything that might be a takeaway from our little podcasting conversation today would be um, having a local bike shop that you can count on in times of need is super duper important. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, my first second call, my second call, my first call was to my family that were up in the hotel room and they were bummed out for me. The second uh, call that I made, though, was to Tyler here at the Spoken Wheel, and he went through, and, of course, he had done, I had purchased my bike through him. He had done all my upgrades, this, that, and the other. He was able to think clearly for me because at the time when I had just had my bike stolen, I wasn't thinking very clearly. 
and uh, made sure that uh, for insurance purposes that I had to contact the Chicago Police Department, even though even though it was my number one priority right then. You know, in downtown Chicago, Murph, that was not the number one priority for the Chicago right. Police Department right. that day, which I still marvel at. But anyway, so, you know, if you, first of all, I've learned my lesson. My bike goes into the hotel room with me in the future, okay? Mm-hmm. And it always has been. Secondly, having a good local bike shop that you can count on. I mean, Tyler was able to itemize everything out for insurance purposes. And then, again, making sure that your bike is insured through my homeowner's insurance. It was insured there. And then it's all about perspective. And so um, it was a bummer for a while. In fact, it still hurts. But what a great opportunity for an upgrade. And so that was that. Was that. Awesome. So, awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well- I would, I would not consider that a great bike adventure, but can you give us an example of maybe one or two biking adventures that you've been on? I absolutely can, yeah. Um, I'm going to say Ragbri itself has been oh, yeah. an adventure, and every year that I've done it is just, it's, it's one, if not the best week of the year. You know, something that you always look back on fondly and so i have ridden rag Bry every year since 2002 nice and and i've done a lot of different bike rides since then but um you know that one was kind of the one that got me into cycling in fact i told myself that i was going to um hit this milestone and by the time I hit this milestone, which also would be known as turning 40, mm. before I turned 40, I was going to ride every mile of Rag Bride and run a marathon. Ooh. Okay. And so you bet those were some, um, some lofty goals. Mm-hmm. I set this in my uh, mid 30s with a few years to spare. And I actually had registered for the Chicago Marathon. And then. 15 years ago, I accepted the position up here in Iowa Falls and completely and totally got off my marathon training program. Next thing you know, Murph, I'm 39 years old. I still have these couple of milestones to do. Okay. Well, I work best under pressure, as most people do. And um, and even though I had been riding RAGBRAI prior to that, um, it was at first, it was kind of three or four guys in a truck, mm-hmm. you know, and we'd, and we do half a week or partial and we switch around. And I was still riding with that group. As a matter of fact, that first year that I rode every mile. And so what happened was I, um, decided, yeah, this was the year. I mean, I'm 39 years old and I'm a person of my work, so I am going to knock these two things off. And so started with, you know, the training and getting the miles in, et cetera, for rag ride. And that year uh, rode every mile, uh, including the century ride, got every mile in, took off one week, and then I did uh, condensed like an 18-week marathon training program into a 16-week, or no, it was a 12-week. I ended up making it a 12-week because I only had a certain amount of time. And the Des Moines Marathon was before my birthday in October, so no problem. Um, So anyway, did all the training, et cetera, and made it to the starting line, which is an important part of, you know, the marathon process, which I had found out from three years prior, and 
I'm riding, I'm running along. I hear about this wall on a marathon that you're going to <laughs> get um, when you get to, you know, mile 20. Well, I broke through that wall at mile 20. <clears throat> Excuse me. I broke through it at 21. About mile 22, though, I still felt something kind of funky running up and down my hamstring. And um, at the time, I was crossing the bridge um, at Gray's Lake. And so I know sooner do I get off that bridge and my entire hamstring just balls up. I mean, I am unable to move. I've got less than three miles to go to get this uh, marathon done. And it's two days before I turn 40. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is kind of, it's crunch time. And I'm literally on my back with my leg up in the air. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have to come back tomorrow. I can't do this all right alone. I'm going to have to come back on the, you know, but I'm going to do this. My family is all waiting for me at the finish line. Interestingly enough, a guy on a bike comes up and he says, did you tear it? And I said, boy, I sure hope not. And so he comes and he is able to find this knot that's balled up in my hamstring and help me rub it out so that I, it's, it's not cramped up anymore. He says, what do you think? You ready to go? I says, well, I might need some help standing up because I was just afraid it was going to pop back out on me. And he gets me up onto my feet. I walk for maybe 200 yards. I start shuffling, and I jog it in, and I get that marathon completed two days before my 40th birthday. Wow. Congratulations. That's pretty amazing. That was a a neat thing. But the funny thing was is just this last year, I felt like I was able to give give, um, give back just a little bit because for the first time, I was able to uh, be on the bike support for the Des Moines half and uh, full marathon. Oh, okay, and sure. So that was yeah. So that's another opportunity. So I was on my fat bike, giving out candy, giving out positive support and encouragement, and that type of thing, and um, and kind of give back a little bit in something that really, really helped me out. You know what? Now, twelve, thirteen years ago when I was trying to get one of my life goals accomplished. Wow. But since then, I've really kind of tapered off the running thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got the marathon in and, and really found that the cycling is, is really more the passion. But if, if I can add another one here, okay, so this is, this is a fun story. And I don't know if it's so much a cycling adventure, but the story itself is, is an adventure. So, I don't know. I, I'm thinking, Murph, you've seen my patch cap before, right? Yes. Yep. So, yeah. So every rag bride, you get at least one patch. Okay. Registered riders get at least one patch to show that, you know, you've, and you can earn another one mm-hmm. if you do the century lap yep. or the century loop. Okay. And, and maybe there's one for the, um, for the uh, gravel loop too. Uh, I haven't checked that off my list, but uh, looking at that for this year. But anyway, so I always kind of like what am, thought, had this question, what am I going to do with all these rag bride patches? You know, I'm not one just to, I like to display things. And so one year, several years back, I was with my brother-in-law. I was running the Iowa, Game, Iowa Games 5K. 
okay? Road race for the Iowa games, and it started and finished near Jack Trice Stadium in, um, in Ames, near Iowa State University. Um, so anyway, they had everything set up, all their merch there and that type of thing, and so they had an Iowa game bucket cap. And I purchased, I don't know why, a bucket cap. And then got to thinking, you know what, I can start putting my patches on this bucket cap. And so that's what I did. And I probably was maybe seven or eight rag brides in, probably had ten or so patches on that cap. Nice. And then I lost it. Oh. oh. And those are, you know, years of rag brides that you have earned those patch you know those patches and it was something unique you know i mm-hmm. i see no one else that had ever done anything quite like that and so it and i i think you probably know me well enough to know i've, I've got this um to say i have a bit of an obsessive personality <laughs> might be an understatement so i mean i literally obsessed over this patch cap oh. i mean i tore the house upside down we had done a garage sale thinking it got mixed in with that i mean you know, where you think things might have fallen back behind your clothes in your closet. So it gave me an opportunity to really get things organized, but I still never found that patch cap. So I went back on the Ragbri merchandise website, and I could get all of my patches replaced, which was awesome. Yes. And interestingly enough, I also was able to get a bucket cap that had Ragbri stitched on it. Ah. So Ragbri had done their own bucket cap at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? This is even better. This is even better. Now I've got not an Iowa Games bucket cap with all my patches on it. I've got the real Ragbri cap. So this was just like meant to be. And so, okay, I've got all my ca- patches back on. I'm adding more to it, etc. It's even better. But I'm telling you, Murph, I Still was obsessing and was wondering <laughs> lost regularly what happened to that other patch cap. Okay, so a couple years later, I had let a group from Iowa Falls. Uh, they called themselves Team Ify, I F F Y, which stood for Iowa Falls Forever Young. And I was not needing my bike rack that rag ride because we had other things set up for for getting our bikes to and from and so i let them borrow my bike rack about two weeks and this was i'm gonna say at least two years after i had replaced my bucket cap after i'd lost that original one so about a week or two after rag bride they come back and they give me my bike rack back and they give me one of their team T-shirts as a thank you gesture for letting me letting them borrow my bike rack. And then they said, and Jeff, I think this needs to go to you. And she hands me, Murph, my original bucket cap. What? Exactly. And I yell like it's scream like you know and she's thinking what in the world's going on my wife christine is in the house and she runs <laughs> Comes out running thinking, what's going on what's wrong what's wrong i'm like look look at this okay so about two or three years before the director of our parks and rec department here in iowa falls had picked up that cap 
on some county road outside of Iowa oh, Falls. Oh, my gosh. How he had, how it got there, I have no idea. If I had done something and set it on top of something and, and it fell off or somehow or another someone else, I don't know. I, that's still a mystery, okay? And so he had had it sitting in his office here in Iowa Falls for two or three years. When he knew that one of his co-workers was going to ride Ragbri, he said, here you go. You need this as motivation for training for Ragbri. Wow. And without even knowing that it was my patch cap, they thought it seemed like something that would be me, and they gave it back to me. How it crazy is that? Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to make it, I'm going to, if that hasn't already blown your mind, this one, this part will. So about five years later or so, I'm at um, Rippy on the Burr ride, Burr bike ride to Rippy, mm-hmm. uh, the original winter ride. It's almost, uh, it's been going on almost as long as Rag Ride. Right. Okay. Right. So I'm sitting, I'm uh, in Rippy and with my Rag Bride patch cap on and Jess Runlet comes up to me and talks to me about how much she just loves this patch cap. And she's putting together a display for the State Historical Museum, Rag Bride through the years. Mm -hmm. And she wants to know if she can borrow my patch cap (laughs) to put in the Rag Bride display. And I said, well, Jess, I got to tell you, I really love this cap and I'm still adding to it and uh, I still wear it. But let me tell you, I've got another one, (laughs) and it has a really cool story. And so that patch cap that somehow or another I lost and found its way back to me is now on display in Des Moines at the State Historical Museum as a – in that uh, rag bright um, display. So I made the museum merch. Hot dog. And I have seen that rag bright exhibit, and it's awesome. And I've probably seen the hat not realizing – that it was yep. yours. How cool is that? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that fun? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Well, one <laughs> one uh, super quick story uh, about you is uh, I'm in some town, I don't know where, uh, you know, how they're at, on Ragbri, uh, there's always a band at the end of the night. And this particular yep. band, I believe, was Johnny Holm Band. Um, you are absolutely correct. Usually, <laughs> usually attracts a huge crowd. And I'm making my way up to the front of the stage, and I hear a familiar voice up on stage, and I look up, <laughs> and it's you singing yeah. to the entire yeah. audience. So how did that happen? Well, this is a crazy story. I don't know if it's as crazy, but I would say it rivals the whole patch cap thing, mm. because how, how the stars kind of align for that was crazy. Uh, I had a feeling that you might ask me this. <laughs> so you know how that uh, the towns just kind of run through, yeah. um, you know, and run together on Ragbri and, you know, after year after year after year. So I had to look this up. But where it was is uh, it was at the Clay County Fairgrounds uh, yeah. in Spencer. Spencer, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so that was like early, early in the week, okay? It might have been day one. Uh, if it wasn't day one, it was day two. But I think it was day one. So anyway, uh, there were a, at least a dozen of us, members of Team Love Shack, that rode straight in to the event at the Clay County Fairgrounds. Still in our spandex, still in our team kit. We 
park our bikes up against um, some building there at the fairgrounds, and we make our way into, and you're right, we make our way into the fairgrounds, and it is packed. Yes. I don't know uh, if I can remember an event for Ragbri that had as more people at it. I mean, it is, there were just thousands of people there, yep. okay? Yep. And, um, but I, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, we were way in the back. But then I heard Johnny Holmes say something about, okay, we're going to take a break. And I look at the, uh, at the group. I say, hey, let's, let's get stocked up on provisions now and head up to the front. This is our opportunity. Everyone else is going to be using the restroom and uh, going to the concessions. This is our chance. And so we got, we got close. We got close. Johnny goes in, Johnny Holm, the Johnny Holm band goes into their last set, and this is probably 9.30, 10 o'clock at night or so. And they break into a definite crowd favorite, Piano Man. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you're riding along in spandex, you don't have a ton of, and especially when you're on a road bike, you know, it's not like I had 160 pounds of gear on my touring bike with me. You basically just have to have your essentials mm-hmm. with you, okay? And so that's what I had, my back pocket. I had my billfold. I had my cell phone. Um, I'd have had my, I probably had my um, uh, sunglasses back there, maybe a sunglasses holder or, I mean, uh, uh, something to clean them with. Maybe not. Probably chapstick. And, of course, a harmonica. Right. <laughs> yep. I had a harmonica in my back pocket of my cycling jersey. Oh, my. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I still remember packing for that rag ride. And one of the last things that I grabbed off of my dresser drawer, I mean, it, I, mean I, I have an extensive list, Murph. I, people give me grief about Birch's rag bride list. But then they also ask for it every year, too, right. because it's expensive. <laughs> and I don't think harmonica was on the list, but I grabbed it. And for some reason, I had it in my back pocket that week during Rag Bray up my cycling jersey. And so there's a dozen or so of love shackers in a circle, okay? And we're singing along to and weaving back and forth and singing along, just having a great team moment with the song Piano Man, and I'm playing along with it. Now, I'm going to say this. I, I do love music. I was in a band in college. Mm-hmm. I, was a, I was probably a better front man than I was an actual lead singer, but I was a lead singer of a, of a band for a little while. And, and, and just I'm a karaoke kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just kind of love that kind of thing. I don't know how to play the harmonica. <laughs> I somehow or another... I somehow or another have taught myself to play a couple songs, mm-hmm. and one of them is Piano, Piano Man, Man. Sure. and I do have it, and I do have it, and so I'm singing along, and one of, and can I, I could almost, my back was to the band at this time, and I'm playing along on my harmonica, and I'm feeling like, you know how you feel like someone's uh, eyes are, are boring into mm-hmm. you, the back of your neck, and then one of my... One of my uh, teammates has kind of given me the, the, hey, look around, look around. And I meet eyes with Johnny Holm, and he's pointing at me. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then he, like, mimics the sound uh, or, or what you would do with a harmonica. And, you know, it's like asking me, hey, are you the one with the harmonica? And I, I put it up, 
you know, in the, and he's like, get up here. Yep, yep. And so I ran all the way around backstage up this big ramp and everything. And next thing you know, I'm up on stage with Johnny Holm. He's asking me who I am, where I'm from. And um, I start playing and singing with Johnny Holm in front of, uh, I don't know, it's been my profile picture for years on Facebook since then. <laughs> But there were a lot of people there in the background. And as somebody and, uh, in the audience, it was epic because everyone, <laughs> everyone was singing along and rocking back and forth. It was an amazing it was a great experience. Moment. Yeah, it was a great moment. And I will say, you know, the, the people on my team, they know me enough to say, hey, Birch, you going to get up on stage tonight? Hey, Birch, <laughs> why, why don't you get up on stage and sing? You know, but it just doesn't happen. And if it does, you know, it's, it's, you know, I mean, because that, that, that year on Rag Bri, I was, I was, if I wasn't up on stage every, someplace, um, daily, you know, then I would make up for it by get, being up someplace and singing two or three times the next day. I mean, nice. it was just a weird Rag Bri with live yeah. music that way. Yeah. But to get up on stage on the main act. Yeah. Where you're literally, and Johnny Holm kind of likes to do that kind of thing, but usually it's staged. I can honestly say that this was not staged whatsoever. I just so happened to have a a harmonica in the key of C, and he pulls me up out of the crowd, and yep, that was me. So it was awesome. That was um, that was quite something. Yeah, yeah that was quite. Something. Yeah, that's yep. that's a that's definitely an adventure. Not everybody can share with you. Although I can share right. it with you because I was there, but you know, I wasn't. On you stage. were there. <laughs> yeah. You helped make it happen. Yeah. First, so thank you for that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, Jeff, we got to, we're going to wrap things up, but I have one more question for you. Um, yeah. like how do you see bicycling continuing to fit into your future? I'm assuming that you have adventures scheduled for 2019 or, um, or let me just ask, do you have cycling in your future? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, bike Iowa is a, great place to go as a resource mm-hmm. for rides you know um like i said i have i have two organized bike rides a week just up here if anyone wants to join in with this crew up in iowa falls just get on the Greenbelt bikers facebook page i see us as a team team love shack of going even more in kind of that community service type of avenue right now uh, mike teske and others on the team, uh, we are collectively working on a fundraising effort to get a race chair mm. that we can push for road races for those who aren't as fortunate to be able to be able to run in races. Ideally, uh, we can use this for cycling events as well, mm-hmm. as well as uh, even triathlons. And so there's a fundraising effort for that. So looking to take something that, you know, we do to just not just have fun with, which it is. I mean, it's a way to stay young. It's a way to stay active. It's a way to stay involved. Um, it's, it's, um, it's a way to just feel alive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's another great way to feel alive is when you feel like, you know, you're making a difference and you're helping others. Yeah. And so that's an initiative that, that we have going with our team right now that uh, we look forward to putting into place again, taking that next step as a team and not just looking at um, being a rag bride team, 
uh, but but uh, making a difference on a larger scale as well. And if somebody Keeping wants moving forward, and if somebody wants to help you in that movement, uh, is there like a website or a place that they could go and just check out kind of what you're working on? Absolutely, they can contact me through Facebook. They can get uh, again on the Greenbelt Bikers Facebook page, and if they can't find the stuff on that, just post on it, and I'll respond back to that. Uh, they can contact us through Facebook again with Team Love Shack. Um, or they can contact me uh, in multiple other ways um, as well. So, yeah, I mean, we would love to have um, continued assistance to be able to, to keep this rolling forward as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been more than entertaining. It's been awesome. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff Birchfield. Well, thank you, Kathy Murphy. And keep doing what you're doing because uh, – it's, uh, we've got a pretty good thing going here in Iowa with cycling, and uh, you're a big part of that movement. So ah, thank you for all you do. Thank you. Well, listeners, I am going to leave you with this quote from the Unwritten Book of Morphology. This quote comes from Napoleon Hill. If you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. Think about it. This is Andrea, and this is Paratog. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I just got back from the Ragbri Warehouse, and every time you come back from that place, you're glad you left. Uh, the Ragbri Warehouse is at once the most magical place I've ever been, where it's packed full of all sorts of Ragbri memorabilia and the Ragbri merchandise trailers and the sag wagons and all the other things that can be kept sort of semi-outdoors that go along with Ragbri. And it's also the most disgusting place I've ever been because it used to be a factory and there's just 50 years of filth accumulated there. So every time I go in that place, I sort of think of myself as Frodo going into Mordor in The Lord of the Rings where you just get in there, you throw that ring into the fire and you get out. So I've successfully made my way back to the Shire with Frodo and Samwise and here I am and I'm happy to be here. What I actually wanted to talk to you today about was this article I saw the other day about plans to make a rail trail path all the way across the United States, which would be freaking sweet. And the even cooler thing is that it will go through Iowa, which, you know, we got a one in five chance of passing through Iowa when you go through the Midwest. Um, I mean, because, you know, it could be Minnesota, it could be Missouri, it could be Arkansas, it could be Louisiana, blah, blah, blah. But they chose Iowa because obviously we rule. Um, and it, the rail trail specifically that they're going to navigate across or use as an anchor in Iowa is the Cedar Valley Nature Trail, which is one of my favorites. Uh, it would be the first rail trail I ever rode on. I used to go there all the time with my family as a kid. And sometimes after Ragbri was over and if I didn't get a chance to do the century on Ragbri, I would ride 100 miles in one day on the Cedar Valley Nature Trail. So that's really cool, kind of nostalgic thing for me. But so yeah, the Rails to Trails Conservancy announced that this 4,000 mile trail is in the works. They have a plan for an exact route. I don't know the exact route. Um, and it's just a proposal now because obviously they're going to need to work with a lot of state and local governments to get approval for everything to make it an official route. But 
they're using a lot of already established rail trails. So I think that will help in the process. Now, as far as the technicalities of making this work, I'm sure Mark Wyatt or Kathy Murphy would be a much better resource. But man, it sounds so cool. And I'm so excited to hear more about this as they get more in the works. So the route that's proposed would go across 12 states and it would link together a lot of really what you might call classic rail trail routes in those 12 states, like I said, as sort of an anchor. So the total mileage would be uh, 4,000 miles. That's insane. Um, And all those rail trails that currently exist, they range in size from six miles to 270 miles. So you're really looking at a lot of variety in terrain, in quality of road. I mean, I'm sure some of those are just gravel and some of them are paved, but hopefully they have a lot of um, amenities and we'll get more as this rail trail becomes a thing. And the lights just went out in the Paratalk Studios, so party time. Um, I'm going to attempt to read my paper in the dark. So some of the trails that are going to be included on the um, proposed route include the Capitol Crescent Trail in D.C. and Maryland, Chesapeake and Ohio Canal National Historic Park in D.C. Oh, okay. Not a lot of variety there. Um, Ohio to Erie Trail in, guess what, Ohio. Um, Cardinal Greenway in Indiana. I have ridden on that because I went to school in Indiana, and that's a beautiful route um, in Indiana. Indiana can be more beautiful than you might think. Love Indiana. No hate there. Um, Casper Rail Trail in Wyoming. Obviously, Cedar Valley Nature Trail. Uh, The Cowboy Recreation and Nature Trail in Nebraska, which I've heard a lot of good things about and would love to ride in 2019. Um, However, if you do ride the Cowboy Trail in Nebraska, I have heard that it has a lot of sandburrs. So bring your extra tires if you go there. Um, The Headwaters Trail System in Montana. Um, and more that I can't pronounce, so I'm just going to gloss right over those. So you can look it up. Look up the Great American Rail Trail, um, Rails to Trails Conservancy, and you can find some more details. It sounds like at this point they've just announced their plans to go forward um, and keep working on it. So I don't know if anything is exactly – I don't know if there's a finished date that they announced, but it's so freaking cool. I really can't wait for it to happen. If it does happen, I will 100% try to ride this thing because it sounds amazing. Imagine going across the United States just on a paved trail in nature instead of having to take roads and worrying about traffic and all that. Now, it can get dangerous to ride on the rail trails when you come to crossings, so you do need to be aware when you cross a road just be very careful. A lot of times you're required to come to a complete stop before you cross those roads. And sometimes you're not. I Now Mark and Kathy will have to tell you more about that. But it's for a reason. It's because the cars that cross that are coming across your way either may not know about the bike trail or may not realize there's bikers there, not used to stopping. So there can be accidents there. So you have to keep your heads up. But overall, it's a beautiful way to travel. And honestly, when I'm in Des Moines, I almost predominantly take trails and rail trails because it's just so gorgeous and it's so nice to get out there in the nature. So I guess that is about all I have to say about the uh, rails to trails. Although, so in summary, love them, ride them, support any efforts to connect them in your local area. 
So that's been Parrot Talk for today. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear me talk about, get a hold of me. I'd love to hear from you about biking or whatever else you want me to talk about. Um, have you talk, obviously, chit chat with you. Um, my, you can get a hold of us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com or at justgobike on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Or if you want to tweet me, you can tweet me at ragbri underscore Andrea on Twitter. So... Alrighty then, we've come to the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in each and every week. This is a podcast. We, you know, I I hear on the radio that Ron Burgundy has a podcast, and <laughs> he has a little song. I've got a podcast, and you don't, Ron. We, we got have a podcast. One. Yeah, so they can't. You know, Ron can't use that one on us. He can use it on you if right. you don't have a podcast. But you do listen to our podcast, so. You're part of our family. There we go. So, uh, and it's been a joy doing this. We're like, what, 106, 107, somewhere around there. We've got uh-huh. we got that many more than Ron Burgundy. Yeah, there we go. We're experienced. We, We're seasoned. That's darn right, Ron. Right. So, so there. And <laughs> who's the podcast brought to you by, Mark? Uh, Primal Wear out of Denver, Colorado. If you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, or apparel, look no further than Primal Wear. Uh, you can get them there. Bikes to You, one of the best bike shops. If you're looking for a Ragbrite charter, hey, check out ragbriteinstyle.com. Um, and then finally, Think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. Uh, hosting World Cup again. Wow. Yeah, one more awesome. time. Those so, Belgians. We saw some Belgians. Oh, jeez. During Bacon Fest. Belgians, Icelanders. Yeah. yeah. We've seen them all. Belgians in the jungle. Hansi, 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 Hansi. I don't even know, but... <laughs> But you know, it's there. There's so many similarities between Bacon Fest and Ragbri. When yeah. um, our so, photographer friend Ian Pope comes over, uh-huh. and he's like, "I'm I'm about to slip my throat if they play Wagon Wheel one more time." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "That guy played it twice, and the guitar player before him played it, and and if they play it one more time, I'm gonna go up and punch that guy." <laughs> and and you think on Ragbri, like how many more times can they play? all summer long or you know what whatever right. that that go-to song is for that year and that wagon wheel was that at bacon fest in our in our oh, yeah. little sliver of the world but uh i i just found that quite hilarious because every half hour i think they were playing wagon wheel the rag soundtrack was in full effect yeah. full effect yeah. full effect yeah so but people had a good time yeah. they went home Maybe three or four people rode their bikes home, but but people had a good time. I absolutely, yeah. All right. So, what's coming up on your calendar, Mark? Anything exciting coming up in the next in this next week before we get together again? You know, I don't think we have anything real pressing coming up, but I think we're going to be setting setting a draft date sometime oh. soon. So, stay tuned for that. That'll be fun. That'll be that'll be our springtime draft. Yeah, we do draft. a springtime one. We kind of skip the summertime. We'll go back in the gotcha. fall. Gotcha. Yep. That sounds exciting. And they, yeah. they're always fun. Uh, I went to the one over at Confluence, the, the last one. Great lineup of speakers. I mean, real interesting um, to, to get out there and just just really just see the other people. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess as we get to springtime, there might be a little bit of riding involved too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to have some fun out there. Wow. Very cool. Okay. 
Well, don't be listening to us too much. You know what? Get out. Get that fat, 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 fat bike out and ride it. And if it does get to 50 or something like that, you know, get out there. Just watch those icy patches if you're, if you're getting out on a, on a little thinner tire bike. But you know what? It beats it beats sitting on that sofa and watching another movie or just, just being a couch potato there. So, so, hey, let's get out and just go bike. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.